johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Hey guys, I'm back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. As everybody in the media, every time I turn on the radio, Costi, every time I turn on the TV, they call it Super Bowl week. You know, I kind of, I don't really get it, man. I guess I've been doing this. Um, it's not Super Bowl week. It's just another week. And on the end of the week, there just happens to be a football game and it's called the Super Bowl. I was listening to yeah, Howard Stern this is, morning. Is, Same thing. It is Super Bowl, Bowl week. Uh, give me it a is. You're again. You're you're looking at it from a non-emotional betting standpoint, where you're as as a pro would say it doesn't matter. But nowadays, with the legalization being 38 states, it is a big week because there's props, there's over/unders, there's first the score. I mean, before. You had that on most books regardless, but now it's like it's everywhere. And now everybody has access to bet it and everybody goes to Super Bowl parties. So now they get to bet on every possible outcome of a game where in a regular game, there's maybe a hundred to 150 total props and player props in the Super Bowl. It's probably times five. Said uh, our good friend Micah, who's a sharp, was telling me that a lot of the sharps do bet props in the Super Bowl, um, and they already put them in. And there's a lot of props of certain guys that I don't like. You mean you mean I you mean I already put them in? Guys got me working I mean, like a dog. I know, like I a know, dog. I know. It's a lot of props. A lot of props. All my guys that know about my Telegram channel. Oh my lord! I know. I know. Brett's listening. He knows I'm working like a dog on these props. Man, he and it's not it, the worst is they move in eight seconds. It's like you, you know what I mean. Um, it's crazy. That's the nature of the business. You're you're constantly throwing down as much volume as possible to then see a eight to ten percent on your money wager to year. And I, even when I talk to clients, Eric, I try to like explain that, and it's. I guess it's because we speak a different language. We're not handicappers. We don't have, you know, predictions of every single game and write-ups and all this stuff that handicappers provide. We're looking at sharp numbers. We're looking at value. We're looking at trying to get as much volume down as possible. And over a fiscal year, 
If I risk a million dollars in total wagers, I'm looking to make 90 grand profit. But I have to put down that many wagers for me to make that 9 to 10%. And most bettors don't understand. Most, let me rephrase that. Most leisure bettors just don't get that concept. They're like, well, I got like a thousand in my account. And I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put a thousand on tonight's board. And if it wins, I'll bet again. And if it loses, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll put another thousand. And it's like the psychology behind sports trading. is so unique because it's completely the opposite of what a regular leisure better does. I mean, we saw these different, you know, um, series coming out and 60 minutes is posting stuff about how kids, when I still call them kids, in their early 20s, it's it's like a, a religion. Yeah, my son's going to be, hey, society. listen, my son's one of them. My son's going to be yeah. 19 on Friday. He's he's one of them. Thank God I, that, he knows better. I'll break his fingers if he downloads a sports betting app. But go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> they're just, there's too much accessibility. And then when it becomes, when they're hanging, like we all, even when I was a kid, and I still do it now, I watch games. When I was a kid, I would watch games, and it was just it was entertainment. Yeah, could I get access and bet a game before the game? Sure, and I did that on occasion. But now these kids have it at the fingertips on their phone, and if they're not doing a same-game parlay and they're not doing player props and they're not – basically what it, what it reminds me of, it's like slot machines. And you know I have a thing with slot machines, a love-hate relationship, and I think the kids – have the no same here. type of um, instant gratification where they could put down because they see it all over the internet. Somebody put down a five dollar wager and they hit for a hundred thousand. So, like they see that, so their brains are telling them this is an opportunity. Today is the day. Same thing with DFS, daily fantasy sports on DraftKings and FanDuel. It's it's that hope that you could put down a lineup that costs you $5 and you could literally be a million dollar winner. Cause well, there's even a million dollar 60, winner. Even day. in that 60, in that 60 minute special, the guy bet $8 to win like three eighty. They were showing you like the, the, the $8 guy trying to like make a fortune. And, you know, it's interesting because I said this to a client. I always say client. I said this to a potential inquiry. Let's be very clear. There are handicapping services out there that sell, you know, a gazillion people for picks, you know, and that's fine. Everybody has a right to sell their opinion, you know, and, you know, fine. I, I, I'm not one of these, uh, I don't talk about the industry much, but people, somebody asked me this morning on text why there's not more people in our Telegram group. And I said, because... Why is, you know, let's say I have 100 people combined in the Telegram groups. Uh, do you go on the freeway, the highway, the beltway, and do you see 100 Ferraris? This is the 1% of the wagering public that we deal with. And so what, I, what I've learned, and you see it in real time, is people call, and, they, and, and everything is, what do you bet a game? And they say, I never ask somebody ever what they bet a game because it's not relative to any system. You go on my YouTube channel and pick dogs, and I lost six units last week. So what? I lost six units last week. Do I care? 
do I have empathy for a client that lost six units last week? Absolutely not. Now, the thing is, I had an exchange with a past client this morning, and it, was, it ended on a negative exchange. And this is a good idea of the psychology of a sports better. The sports better sent me a text message that somebody gave him a free pick. He, he had already paid for, let's say, a week of service. Now, for the listener out there, you could be that guy paying me for a week of service. And he had a winning week. And he didn't continue. And they, he said, I don't call somebody back if they don't continue. I don't try to offer them more. Sir, my attitude is I'm the doctor. You're the patient. And I understand it can come across as a very offensive attitude in low-end circles. In the high-end circles is a car salesman that's sitting in a Ferrari dealership really a salesman? I mean, is that guy selling a Ferrari really a salesman? Or is he just a customer service representative when you're using the word salesman? Is he going to convince somebody to buy a Ferrari? Or is the person walking in already wanting to buy a Ferrari and just wants to be talked to in a pleasant manner? So, like, I don't believe in those high-end purchase materialistic world. Somebody has to be sold anything. I believe they need to be guided. They need to be advised, but they don't need to be sold. I don't believe that you're a car freak. You like to flip cars like some people flip tennis shoes. I don't believe you've ever had a salesman sell you a car, Costa. You knew exactly what you wanted. You knew, and then you were just looking for the best deal. Is that correct? Oh, of course. I mean, a lot of times I'll do the work. Well, again, you're trying to so, emulate. I'm, and I'm going somewhere. I'm going there. somewhere. I'm going okay. somewhere with this. So he sends me a text and he says, and he hasn't been a client for months. He says, uh, I said, I said, um, he said, somebody called me and gave me a free pick. What do you think? I said, I don't call people. I said, no disrespect intended. I appreciate asking me, but I don't think about any picks. I broker picks. And he goes, yeah, I told a good 30 to 40 people about you. I said, great things. Hopefully you got some business from that. Um, and, and then I said, thanks. No inquiries from your people, but that's expected. If someone like you didn't join who actually paid in one, why would you expect a stranger to join based on your recommendation? 99.99999% of bettors would rather lose long-term, but thanks for telling people about me. And I gave him a little thumbs-up emoji. He comes back in a very negative, vicious manner. Uh, I guess you like, he goes, I guess you like to trash people if they pay you and don't come back. I, my response was, no idea where all that negativity come from, comes from. I don't have a large group of clients. I know each one personally. It's like buying a Ferrari. Not everyone drive, drives one. Sorry I responded to your free pick, free pick request. Sheesh. If treating unreasonable, emotionally unstable, short-term gamblers with reality and an absence of emotion is treating people like trash. He accused me of treating clients like trash that don't resubscribe. Then I'll gladly accept that title. You texted me yesterday. Have I ever contacted you or said a word since you didn't continue? No. I would say grow up. So my point is, 
there is the world of sales and there's the world of consultation and advice. When you go to get seek consultation and advice, whether it's from a financial wealth manager, a stockbroker, a crypto trader, a sports advisor, your shrink, a professional golf coach, which I know you have hired in the past, a uh, yoga teacher, a gym teacher, etc. You're seeking that advice to better yourself. When someone has to come to you and it costs you to try to get you to get their product that's going to change your life, usually you should examine the person accosting you. So that in this industry that we have, and we don't cover it a lot, is we have what I call the free pick fallacy. And the free pick fallacy is somebody calling a stranger on the phone that's on a list, offering them a free pick, basically putting all their eggs in one basket. I have a guaranteed absolute blowout winner. And if the game wins, pay me. And after, if it wins, you'll join. It's costing you nothing to join. I won you the money first. And we, we all know about this. It's 50 year, you know, 100 year old industry. My point is the new gamblers, are the ones that get roped into that as opposed to the people that we deal with that I won't sell a daily pick. I won't. I re- really don't like even offering weeks. And I certainly prefer dealing with clients with months and seasons. And as I said in the YouTube video the other day, you pay me on March 29th to get all my baseball games till September 29th, or you got to wait till the all-star break on July 16th. Like I am not dealing with, give me a week. Let me see how you do nonsense in baseball when it is the most profitable sport that I've been shredding documented on all these radio shows archived online for the last 20 years. I mean, do you understand Kasi? I have not had a losing baseball season in 20 years. Once I realized that playing pitchers and we'll get back to that closer to baseball season. But the point is if you're a guy out there, and you've paid for picks in the past, and you, you're buying into the one game, let me see how it does, and if it wins, I'll pay you. What you're dealing with is a group of people that don't wager on their own games, and they're wagering virtually OPM with other people's money through you, and they basically take no risk. But if you're already wagering on the games, like I am anyway, and my clients know that because they see my tickets, um, then why do I have to waste my time calling someone to give them a game. That's my little rant for this show because going to the Super Bowl, what will happen is the phone rooms will be turned up to Mach 10. Everybody will be getting phone calls as if anybody cares about, like, I don't, you know me, I don't care about the Super Bowl at all. Yeah, would I have been more interested if the Ravens were in it? Yes. Does any pro really care about the Super Bowl from a who's going to win the game point of view? Absolutely not. Why is Micah and all the other sharp groups only doing props because that's where you're getting your edges. It's not because they love props. It's not because they want to make it's because the reason why the Super Bowl is alluring to a professional betting group is because what's the biggest problem with betting groups? Not it's getting money down and having the liquidity to get enough money down without being limited. So you take this game and it's basically a no limit game where you can trade the hell out of the game from every angle and you're not being limited. I mean, some of my legal accounts that I try to play in, as you know, I get limited to $50 a game. But, you know, when I go to play these prop bets, 
I always try for more, but I usually get at least 50% what I've offered, not 1%. And for a client out there listening, you know, you go into an app, you hit a button to make a $1,000 wager, and they say you've been approved for $50. That's the normal world we live in. When I go and put a bet in for $5,000 for the Super Bowl, and they say you've been approved for 2500 that's a lot more liquidity than the $100 or the $50. So, like I'm, as I say, transitioning into this marathon we call baseball, 162 game season, you got to think about the marathon. I am definitely not the fastest guy on a bicycle, but I can grind my butt off for 100 miles like nobody's business, slow and steady. It's the same thing when it comes to sports wagering. So, if you're sitting at home and your phone is blowing up because you're on a list, remember. Any game is binary. Any game has a 50% chance of winning or losing, and it absolutely means nothing. I'm done with my rant. Now we can get into it. We're going to have a special guest. Uh, in, in about eight minutes, we're going to bring Troy back on from Summerlin. But before we bring him on, let's talk about the uh, what you want to talk about. What do you want to talk about for the next eight minutes before we break down the Super Bowl with Troy? Well, the Super Bowl is here. It's exciting. I get to eat good food. That's that's as much excitement as I have for the Super Bowl. I like to do my Super Bowl squares with my friends, so it's just you know a shit talking thing. There's no skill to it. It's just more of the entertainment value. Since I was probably 12 years old, I do Super Bowl squares. That's how much I care about a game of this magnitude. That's like legitimately a 50-50 split. Now, one of our sharp groups came in. Um, Earlier today, he's all over the San Francisco 49ers. I'm sick and tired of betting against my homes, but I just, again, uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Well, you know what? Okay. It's the other way. The other way. Shame on me, shame on So, Well, let's talk I'm, about that. I'm going to ride guy. with let's it. Talk, but, but the sharp guy is a perfect example of – a guy that I respect immensely that, and Brett knows who he is that has no emotion, which is, you know, drawdowns happen. Draw, you know, he's had a drawdown the last two weeks. Big deal. Who cares? No, nobody cares. It, it, like, nobody cares. I asked him, like, are you upset? No, I don't care. Like, whatever. Just, just play the system. Just play the system. Be, I think that... 99, this is where I get accused of being, uh, treating a client like trash. The definition of treating a client like trash for the client is that I'm not supposed, that I am supposed to have empathy for his lack of understanding and his over emotionality. And it's not that I don't have empathy for any human being. I don't have empathy for stupidity, which is, you understand when you're a grown man, when you make a wager, that you could win it or lose it. It's a 50% fundamental proposition. If you're not willing to lose it, you can't risk it. And if you're willing to lose it and you lose it, oh, well. What do we need to have the, what do we need to have the powwow for? Is this, like, again, if I could intimate anything going into Super Bowl week, toughen up people. If you're overextended and you're wagering with money that you can't afford to lose, that's going to affect your daily life, your rent, 
your mortgage, your groceries, your car payment. Like, okay, then you're then then you you have a problem, and there's a number called GA for that. If you're somebody that's treating this in an alternative form of sports betting, then then you basically have to treat it as a business. This 60 minutes art uh, puff piece is what I call it. If you really get into it, it's again basically saying we think 90% of people are stupid. We expect them to lose all their money. We expect them to wager without an edge. We expect them to be overly emotional. And they're going to put it in the same category as tobacco and marijuana industries that you're just basically preying on the weak. Um, But, you know, like Brett's texting me right now while we're on the phone. You know, Brett is a perfect example of, of, of he's an enigma. Why is he an enigma? Because most professional guys are over the age of 40. They've suffered the war of doing all the wrong things. And he's young. You, you know, I wish I had those years he has, right? And for whatever reason, he doesn't even, it, there's no, I mean, he's part of the drawdown with the guy we're talking about. No big deal. and No big deal. Like, and, and it's, what I've done in the last couple of years is I basically decided that instead of trying to convince a better to change how he bets, it's better to deal with the betters that already have had enough pain and say, I surrender, and they're ready to make the change. Now, it's just like someone who's not going to do drugs or not drink alcohol. You, you're not going to convince them not to do it till they're ready, till they're ready and they break and they hit rock bottom. I believe that most of these betters, what they're looking for is empathy, and they're looking for somebody to put a hand on their back and massage them and go, it'll be okay, baby. No. If you want to bet like an idiot, expect the results like an idiot. Don't expect empathy from professionals. That are going to, it's like you can go to the gym, you can work out every day, and if you leave and eat carbs, don't cry that you're not seeing any results. So, like I said, you got to put up your fist. You got to get in fighting mode in 2024 if you want to treat this as a business. And I still believe, Costi, that the client that is so emotionally invested in games on a daily basis is not actually caring about at all the result of the individual games. He's just addicted to the high of winning and losing. So again, in two minutes, we'll bring Troy on, but what do you, what do you, what, what, what do you say about my analysis? No, I mean, they, they're, they're spot on. It's like, you know, we, we go over this over and over and over. And at the end of the day, what we realize is the people that want to do it the right way, don't ask stupid questions. They ask questions to get better, not the reverse. So, you know, there's there's a lot of moving pieces with us. We have a lot of groups that we deal with. Maybe we work seven days a week. We, we're on top of basically every single market. And that's what you want from a consultant, a financial advisor, somebody that knows their craft and, and is connected to the pulse of this business. And I feel like we do just that. And Again, you know, for the one or two guys that are the, you know, the redheaded stepchilds, if you want to call it that, there's a lot of really good ones. So, you know, all in all, it's 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 all positive. We have a lot of big things in the works. MLB's coming up, which you know, for you, you know, and I, myself. You know, I have seven. I it. think I have seven or eight pending golf matchups for the Phoenix Open on Thursday. I sent them out yesterday. People were losing their minds. Text to me. What's this? What's it? 
how do you have golf? How do you pick? I said, I don't pick golf. There's still this illusion that like you have to be a handicapper to be in this business. And the reality is, is that I've, you couldn't pay me to handicap a game. I know nothing. Now I'm, I'm, I'm glad I know nothing. I just want to get the plays. That's it. You know, it's like, I just want to harness the information. Like Troy's a perfect example. Um, um, he's a perfect example of a guy that tried to do this. Um, he'll pop on when they let him on the air. He's going to call in right now. And he failed from a uh, information point of view, trying to do this because he couldn't handle the emotionality of the, of the gambler. And again, I know that, you know, I, it could be, very dismissive to somebody listening. We've been accused of being harsh to our clients in the past, but you know, tough love is the most important love. It's where you're going to change people. Like I am not here to justify somebody's bad behavior. It's it's, in the end of the day, if you want to be the schmuck, that they try to illustrate. I mean, basically, you know what's offensive? When you watch a 60 Minutes puff piece right. like that. Hey, Troy, you know what's offensive? Did you, Troy, did you watch that puff piece with 60 Minutes? I did. This weekend? I did. Yeah, I you did. You know what's offensive? Yeah. You know what's offensive? People get mad when I talk about the realities of betting. You know what's really offensive? What's offensive is when a news organization like that does a 12-minute segment on sports betting. And they basically tell every single person watching the video, if you partake in this endeavor, you're an idiot. That's not true. Yeah, it's, no. That's like, no. Saying, that's like saying everyone who has a drink is an alcoholic. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was disappointing. I didn't think they were going to go uh, in that angle. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not true at all. Uh, if that was the case, I'd be living under a bridge. No, that's um, but it's uh, it's it's like anything, you know. I think uh, I don't know when the marijuana stuff really uh, exploded. I'm just going to say what ten years ago. But if Probably, someone I think five, would have, actually, yeah. I think the sports, five, a, yeah, kind of like simultaneous, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if someone would have told me, hey, uh, you want to get in, you know, to a distributorship and be an investor in that, you know, you know, eight years, five years ago, I'd be like, that's insane. No way. Now everybody's like, man, I wish I would have got into that. Um, so I'm sure you're going to see a lot of different types of uh, sports bettors, and you already have, but you're going to see a lot of savvy people come out of the woodwork now and especially with AI and stuff like that. And uh, they're going to, they're really going to explode. You know, there's a lot of smart people out there that realize that sports gambling is an unbelievable avenue if you know how to do it and have the discipline to make a really, really good income. Well, it sounds easy, the discipline part. (laughs) It is. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're the, you're, you're, you're what I call the extreme one percenter of not only are you disciplined, but you're low volume, which, you know, you're the opposite of all the betting groups that we deal with that are high volume. Like, what did you tell me? You had eight games last month. You said you had a great month. Yeah. Eight games. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, it's, uh, it's two ends of the spectrum, you know, again, I break that down for me. How does somebody in 31 days only have eight games with all that information? that you're running on a daily basis? 
Um, the as client you know, want to know, I mean, like, you, even though you don't say, even though your product is not saleable, sellable nor available, um, it's just interesting to see this dark as when I say dark, I mean, undercover, non-sellable aspect of the betting where I have a guy on the show that has nothing to offer, nothing to sell. You can't get his games and you're not going to get his games, but I like to like, instead of bringing somebody on, it's like a, like with selling plays, it would be like a paid advertisement. This is like, you get to hear it from the, the horse's mouth and you don't get any of the info. So you're doing this just strictly as a, to educate my clients as a yeah. solid, there's no money changing hand. There's nothing to nope. sell. So, so how do you only have eight games in 30 days, 31 days? Well, you, you and Kasi can interrupt me and edit this, but because you guys have seen it, you've been to my home a number of times, but um, we're blessed. I mean, we really, 90% of our work is done through our algorithm. So, the 10% that we have to kind of work on every day, and it takes hours, is the injury reports, right? Uh, but all, literally all our games are manufactured by math. So that part of it is the easy part. The hard part is NBA, as an example, these guys are game time decisions, up until tip off, you know, and, um, that's the hardest part of what we do, uh, my family and I and my son. So, you know, when the software says, Hey, uh, there's a team that's, uh, 60% win probability, we're not even looking at those games. So it's the work now has been fully automated, but back in the day when, uh, we first moved to Las Vegas, uh, in the late, you know, it was 99 when we moved to Las Vegas. Um, it was all manual, and that was hard. That took hours and hours upon hours every day. But now we got it so streamlined that uh, the software spits out a number, and that number uh, either gives us a green light to move on or we're golfing uh, for the day. You're still not going to get them on the summit, though, you said. So, uh, he didn't show uh, up. Golf. He had a. Now I told him. I I said I would do it. He just he had a prior engagement. I forget what happened. Somebody got sick or what happened. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little more than that. That's all right. That's all right. You come out there again. I I no. I I keep my word. So you how many? If I how many private clients do you think could actually only play those eight games in that month? Or have a separate bankroll just for those eight games. Like I yeah, have clients that this, separate their bankrolls like each like like it's each system is a is a, its own in un, product unto itself. Or do you think that uh, the people that are fortunate enough to have access to your eight games um, find a way to blow their money anyway on the other seven thousand games they bet? Yeah. So I'll tell you exactly how many clients we have. We have uh, forty seven clients. Uh, and most of them we've had for over 10 years. Uh, probably all of them, uh, th they bet other games. We don't talk about it. Like they don't sit here and call and blow me up and say, oh, you know, we just focus, you know, we have a portfolio for each one of our clients that they either manage, uh, however they manage their wagers, but, uh, they get, you know, a monthly statement based on, what we have presented to them, 
and I know that all of them wager on other things. It's, um, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, I don't know if they're winning or losing, but uh, as long as there are clients and they're happy and we're, produ- you know, producing for them, that's all I really care about. Yeah, but you used to not care about that. I kind of think I broke you down. I broke you down and I said, just get your number if they want to blow themselves up as long as they pay you. That's the that's the hardcore business yeah. aspect of it, which is why you can't mass market your product. Um, and the, these no. 47 people are like undercover, you know, high net worth individuals paying way more money than we charge to our normal clients for information. But then they have a separate uh, portfolio for those games. Yep. So like those eight games that you had in, in um, January, what was your record? I don't even know. Yeah, it was six and two. Got it. Six and two. And yep. And uh, do you have you? Do you ever get the positive? Like, man, you 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 know. Obviously, if they keep paying, they keep paying. But a lot of people are worried they could yep. be paying, but not really benefiting from what they're paying for. I mean, I've seen it all the time where you give people winners and they they still find a way to lose. Oh yeah, no, I you know the the majority of uh, the guys. And I understand. Me, like, I understand uh, you don't have a. I understand you don't do monthly memberships. They're annual, so I understand you're yeah. dealing with guys that are paying you once a year. So you're not dealing with that yeah. whole daily pick world. So you know, for somebody listening, he has 47 people. They're not paying him, you know, daily. These are private guys that are paying him like annually. You know. And then, <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you, don't you know, like. We've lost clients. I mean, we've lost a lot of clients over the years, you know, and it's uh, when we've had losing streaks where we've lost four in a row, you know, I'll get a text like, you know, there's a couple, you know, uh, four letter words like, oh, man, you know, what a bad what a bad streak we're on and whatever. Right. Uh, and then the flip side of that is when we're winning, I'll get like uh, a fist pump with a smiley faces and some, you know, cash emojis and stuff like that. But for the most part, these guys uh, have been with us long enough and they understand kind of the swings and we're not our margins. You know, you know what what we're trying to do is. Uh, anything over 20% ROI is kind of where we're at uh, for the whole year uh, for the three major sports that we do. And um, that's, that's kind of our benchmark. So, uh, but I do know, you know, I have a couple close friends that are in our group that are clients and they'll, they'll send me a paragraph of a game that they bet on and just venting to me. And all I can, you know, like, I really am not knowledgeable. Like, somebody was talking about the Baltimore Ravens game a little bit last week. And and we were actually, that was one of our games that we had that we lost on. But, um, you know, my, one of my clients was just going off. And honestly, I only watched one quarter of the game. So I couldn't even really... I couldn't even have an intelligent conversation with him about the game. So well, next time that happens, you just send him to Costi because Costi was at the game. I know. <laughs> I know. I wanted to call. I wanted to call him, but I I know how that is. I know how much uh, how much uh, he loves loves them, and they had a good run this season. It's just disappointing last game. Very disappointing. Well, how do you approach the Super Bowl going into this week with your forty-seven people that go? Well, I know you don't have anything, or you might have something, but what do you like? Like they're still going to ask you, yeah. I'm sure. So, how do you approach they all do. Super Bowl week? 
Yeah, it's just, you know, again, we're, we try to, like you guys, you guys are educating people every day, and you know how frustrating that is. Um, they, that's exactly how they approach us in a text message. Like, uh, I, more than likely, we, we know that you guys won't have a wager, but what, what is the percentage probability of X team, right? We just, we're, we're pretty straightforward. We're like, hey, it's, it's a game for us that is very close. And uh, that number for us, I, I'll share with you if you want. Um, yeah, it is it. our number. Our number is leaning towards San Francisco uh, at a fifty-seven percent, and that's just straight money line. So that's literally with that's literally flipping a coin, basically. For I mean, us, absolutely. We we don't we our threshold is seventy. Like anything seventy and below, we're not even looking at. So, yeah, that's not even a game that we would even consider. But um, I told you about this, I think, the last time I was on the show. There's a group out of Toronto, Canada, and they're a teaser uh, syndicate. And I okay. think you guys, I think um, they're, they're really, ex- they really are excited about games like this that are real close. And uh, they love the teaser options uh, on, on this uh, matchup. But, Really, I don't have a way in on it. Honestly, it's just uh, it's so close for us that we're just going to watch it and enjoy it. So let me ask you on your analysis of the because do you factor how much how important is the quarterback matchup? You know, my my gut says the world is on San Fran. Obviously, the line is showing you there's more money on San Fran, and my gut yeah. says my gut just no info that. You know, we got to just suck it up and watch Taylor Swift dance and Mahomes hold up the yeah. trophy and third game in a row as an underdog and he'll win outright. And honestly, I don't believe San Fran has a shot in hell to win this game. But go ahead. So, yeah. like, how much yeah. do you put that into your your? Uh, how much do you bake in the quarterback the quarterback metrics, i.e., uh, the Ravens game with uh, Lamar? Like, so how important is that? quarterback number to your algorithm uh, it's 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 a big number it, it it is definitely a big number i mean uh, f- for us i mean kind of it, it people don't think about this as much and and i know kasi can weigh in on this there's three components for us that are very very important obviously number one is the quarterback but number two in football is the field goal kickers uh they play a huge part in that. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, the guy for Baltimore has been uh, just that guy's he's a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, they, those guys win and lose games for you. And uh, so those two key components for us are pretty important. But, um, you know, I, I our numbers don't show momentum, like how a quarterback won the last game or anything. It just gives us a, a black number, you know, and um I just know that uh, both these guys have, have done really well this year on their numbers, and it's just uh, it's an extremely close game. Costi, what do you think about that? Really? I, mean, is, I just don't, I'm, I don't I'm, understand how you guys just uh, – it seems like, like Mahomes is getting no love. I just – none. None. I don't know. Get it. It, yeah. It's such a it's really such a fifty fifty game, man. It really, really is. And I just, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's just one of those things you know, where... So here's the question I'm going to ask both of you, and you can answer. Is it a 50-50 game? Yes, now before the game starts. Are you going to be surprised if Kansas City boat races San Fran? You won't be. That's just no. it. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it was a 10-point difference when it was all said and done. I mean, if things, you know, kind of break loose. I mean, San Francisco, uh, you know, they they had a huge momentum swing last week, and they came back and, you know, um, they battled back, right? And Does that uh, factor into your happen- algorithm? Or does that factor into the algorithm or no? See, that's for us, it, it does not. But on the, you know, the level of, you know, me being a, an ex-athlete and, and seeing teams that come back like that, it shows, number one, it shows that they had it the whole time. The game. irony, just- the irony, Costi, he's an ex-athlete in a sport that has the lowest volume that he doesn't even analyze. <laughs> Tell everybody you're an ex-professional take- hockey player. Go ahead. I couldn't. I couldn't pick a game if my life depended on it. So uh, in hockey, I always but, used to think you had the yeah. edge. <laughs> no way. No way. I couldn't pick a game after it played. But uh, yeah, these the, a team like San Francisco. When you see that comeback, you, you know they had it all along. It's just they got out of the gate slow and then had to really put in uh, a lot of effort uh, as the game went on. But like the Baltimore game, you know from now looking back on it and, and the highlights and stuff, it's just, you know, Lamar had opportunities where normally in other games throughout the season, that guy would have broke out of the pocket and would have ran for a first down and then they wouldn't be third long, right? Like that last drive. I mean, there was a couple drives there. They was like, man, what are you doing? Just the guy's a horse. Why didn't he run for a first down slide or whatever? And uh, he just, it's, from the film and Kasi, I mean, you were there. Just look like they just struggled from the get-go. They really, really well, struggled, and that's not a, a game they 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 could afford to struggle at. And I don't I don't like really dwelling in the past, and I probably would never talk about a past <sighs> game, but because we're we're here, and I actually never really gave a breakdown regarding that game. It, it was a multitude of things. The first okay. out coached. It, it, it all started, our offensive coordinator had a horrible game plan going into the game. Spagnola, who has been elite in the playoffs as a defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, he basically said, our corners and our secondary is top five in the league. We're going to make Lamar throw to the outside. The inside's going to be open. The middle of the field's going to be open. We're going to make them throw to the outside, and they're not going to run the ball. I understand it's a great formula against the Ravens to make Lamar make these, you know, precision throws. But what happened was they bailed on the run too early and they never went back to the run. They just, they didn't, they got, for whatever reason, it was like they got scared when they got behind and they couldn't settle down when everything on the other side of the ball was saying, we got this as the Ravens defense. They shut them out in the second half. Now, do I think if it was a if the Ravens were ahead and or if it was a tie game in the second half the Chiefs would have scored? Yes. Because Andy Reid traditionally plays conservative when he has the lead, which makes sense. They had zero turnovers, we had three. But with all that being said, with all of that negativity and the coaching and 
the turnovers, all of that still gave us an opportunity to win the game late in the game, and we couldn't capitalize in those elevated moments. I mean, I knew sitting in that stadium, as soon as Zay Flowers dropped and fumbled on the goal line and it's a touchback when you're going in and you're down by three, that's the game. Like, you're not going to – it's – you have to have something drastic happen for the Chiefs to fumble, an interception, horrible – whatever it may be. We already knew the refs were definitely one-sided giving the Chiefs those 50-50 calls. I'm not saying it was the refs' fault. I'm not, I, don't, I don't go into all that because you still have to play the game and you still have to put points on the board. At the end of the day, the Ravens got one offensive touchdown. This is a team yeah. that was scoring 30-plus all year. At home. And shut them out in the second half. And shut them and out, shut them out in the second half. half. And, and you're and you're st- and you're going well, man. If it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the Lamar interception, if it wasn't for the stupid um, fifteen yard personal foul penalties, if why did they call it one yeah. side? That's just the way the game goes. You have to you have to overcome. And they the Ravens offensively got away from their identity. And I don't know if the lights were too bright. Um, I don't know if Todd Moncton was just remember because it's the players are players, but you still the coaching staff plays a huge role. It's a it's a chess match back and forth, and yeah. they got they they got out coached drastically. Yeah. Like it wasn't even close. And again, you know, do I think this was Lamar's best year to win? Yes. Do I think he can get back there and overcome it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of those haters. There's, I, I, I talk about the NFL like this. There's one Patrick Mahomes, and then there's everybody else like two levels lower. There's nobody else like yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Just like there was only one Brady. The guy just wins. He gets to the AFC Championship. He had his worst team by far offensively this year, and he still got him there because of the defense that they had and because of what did he do? He didn't have turnovers. And yeah. that's just the way it is. So, you know, do I think he's, we're yeah. going to lose a lot of talent? Of course. That's what happens when you're a team that has eight pro bowlers, uh, a defensive-minded coach that's young that's already the head coach of Seattle. Um, you have guys that are going to be getting huge contracts because they were the leader at their positions on defense. Um, but at the end of the day, we still had a rookie receiver. We had a $15 million Odell Beckham, who is a shell of himself, who's not going to come back next year unless he takes a drastic pay cut. We had Mark Andrews, who was hurt, who shouldn't have even have played. We lost three running backs um, until the end of the season. We lost Dobbins, who was our horse going into the year. We lost um, Elliott, who was balling for middle of the season. I mean, everybody's injured, but I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, Lamar is in the first year of this new offense, and it takes time, and, and that's, this stuff yeah. takes time. So I hope they'll make it back. Um, it was really fun to go to an AFC championship game at home. I mean, it was the energy of that week. I can't even put into words. I mean, the memes yeah. that are getting, you know, we're in 2024. The memes that are getting sent around, the Taylor Swift talk, the Kelsey talk, the Mahomes talk, the – you know, everybody, the, the, the lights are the, I mean, cause again, it's the biggest home game you could possibly have. Like you can't have a bigger home yeah. game to have it 
it looked pretty Baltimore. cool. It, it was the weather wasn't too bad compared to the game beforehand. Um, and it's just one of those things like you get to say you went to a, you know, the first AFC championship held in Baltimore since 1970. So it sucks. Yeah. It hurts. Um, but, you know, you, you quickly they're, forget once they're the good enough over and it's next. Yeah. They're good enough. Yeah. They're good enough to, to, to get back to that spot next year. You so know, let me ask and, you this. Uh, like, let okay. me ask you this. As we got like seven minutes left on February 7th, let me ask you this. Troy, as a pro, will you ever make a what I call fun bet to watch a game or that's just a no no? No, I honestly, uh, no. I just because that that's that's a slip that's a slippery slope. I mean, uh, I honestly, and it's the truth for me. It doesn't make a difference if it's a dollar or ten thousand. If I lost that dollar bet, I'd be pissed off that I lost. I'd be like, man, I mean, I didn't even want to do that. I'm just doing it to screw around, right? So I, it's I really the sports stuff is serious. I don't if the software doesn't lean us to start, you know, looking at things to move on to be a selection, then, then it's a no, but, uh, I'll bet on. So let me ask you something. How hard, how, how hard do you think it's going to be for these newbie crazy betters betting $8 to win 400, like on that special they showed to, um, transition to the pro side, or it's just never going to happen. Like, how do you get good habits out of the gate? I, I think you gave the best analysis of it. You, uh, they get to the point where they're tired of losing or it's like an alcoholic. I, I'm tired of feeling horrible every day. I'm tired of hating myself. Right. And, uh, right. you know, the people like you guys, the, the groups that you guys have, you know, pick dogs and, and David Miller's and all the guys that you have underneath your umbrella, like you said, uh, you are doing this seven days a week. Pick Dogs is doing seven days a week. Professionals, this is all they do. They're not going home and saying, boy, we're good at sports handicapping. or No, they're saying we're great at it. And that's the difference between people that are average in life and the people that are at the top. They're great at what they do. They're not average, and they're not diversified. So the average gambler, he's a lawyer. He's driving home. He won a big case. And, you know, he's thinking he's going to get on his FanDuel account and fire off betting on this game. And his chances of winning are 50%. But over the course of time, between him not knowing what he's doing, the lack of time he puts into it, not being a professional. I mean, look, to your point, then, I, I have a, I had a brain surgeon in, in – uh, he lost, he's down $2 million at FanDuel. I mean, $2 million. Now, get, granted, yeah. he legitimately is a brain surgeon, but yeah, it's where's your brains when it comes to the betting? <laughs> so, uh, right. you know, like I said, it's it, – it, 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 what and well, my thing is how do you instill these habits? I guess, like you said, it's got to be the rock bottom of betting. You know, I, I mean, think you so. got to hit the rock. I, I, yeah. You got to – like I, I say it all the time. The people that go to the gym and they're bodybuilders or they got great physiques and they're in great shape, well, they're training five hours a day, right? Well, that's never going to be me. I'm not going to make that, I'm not going to make that sacrifice or that, you know, I'm not going to be that dedicated to it. So I'm not going to be a bodybuilder, right? I'm just going to, you know, try to eat well and 
not have a heart attack. But um, the people that you have, the resources sources that you guys have, and the people that do this for a living, I mean, that's – I got a financial advisor because he's going to help me get to retirement, right? Uh, I don't know how to do the things that he does, but I think to your point, to answer your question – the, the average gambler out there, they're just, they can get on a hot streak and win for a while, but where they lose it is where they start losing games in a row and they double, triple, quadruple up, and then they're broke. Right. And then, and they're out. And that's tough. Kostya wants to know that. if you have a system for them in slots. <laughs> There's people that are on YouTube that uh, you watch them. It's crazy. There's they literally, you know, stake is putting these guys on there to bet, you know, three grand a, a, a rip, and people are watching them. They're getting all kinds of followers. So I no, the answer is negative. <laughs> negative. I mean, there, well, no, yeah. there is a there is actual system to it, but it's the boring slot machines. Yeah, it's not the fun ones. So, yeah. There's Are you excited for me? The code. You're going to stay off the strip on Sunday, I believe. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to be insane. We only go, hey, you know, I, I we only go down there when you guys come into town. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, like I said, with that yeah. being said, believe it or not, baseball's around the corner, and Costi, um, yep. I was already looking at the future odds before the music starts in ten minutes. And uh, did you know that we are the fifth best team in all of baseball on the betting line right now for futures? Man, it is so exciting. We'll talk about this next week as where the music's about to start. But yeah, the Orioles have a lot of big things coming this year with new ownership. They're gonna they're gonna start spending money, which is uh, a really good sign because the Angelos family was doing none of that. So very excited. We'll say, uh, hey, uh, guys, I'll send ahead. you I'll send you some picks. I'll send you some picks. Uh, of uh, the Super Bowl, we're gonna. My son and I are gonna be going to it, so we'll send you some picks uh, when we're there. Nice, very cool. Yeah. And you're still, Enjoy. and you're still yeah. not gonna bet it for fun. That's that's a no. real professional better. Wow. Right. Right. Yeah. Just gonna enjoy the food. Take Costi. He'll eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Um, I'll be there March 20th through the 24th. So, figure out a way to be. All right, John Moles, meet. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, Troy. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks, boys.